continuing on um, on the same journey, a theme that we started uh, some two weeks ago, which is all things new. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today for today's service. And um, it is a privilege to be able to minister the word of God uh, to you. And um, I give thanks to God for all he, he will say and he will do today. And I hope that the Holy Spirit will minister to you uh, beyond what I have to say. So we continue on this theme called All Things New. And today's title is called The New Creation. The New Creation. And before I dive into what I need to say today, I'm going to just ask you to complete the following statement. Uh, in completing the statement, please do not uh, complete it in a Christianese uh, theological or spiritual way. Complete it the way you want, your wishes, your desires, the things that come up first in your mind uh, or in your thoughts. Just complete it the way you want. So the, the statement goes as follows. A new dash, dash, dash. I'll give you some time to think about it as I uh, set my timer so that I don't go beyond your time. So, um, I'm not going to ask you what you thought of. Um, because if we asked you, if I asked you to, th to tell me what you thought of, it would be a process and it would take the whole service for us to go through all you thought of. But for some people, and I heard somebody saying a new house, some people could have been a new sneaker, and some people might have been new clothes, others might have been a new car. I hope nobody said a new spouse or a new family. Um, if you did, then we, you need a new mind, and there are people who can help you uh, in, after the service. Please come and see us after the service. We will help you. But if we had to put everything you thought of on a list, detailed it and put it by section or, categ uh, uh, to, or, or put it in a ca uh, category, um, there's something I assume most of you thought of. I may be wrong and it's not scientifically proven. What, that, what I'm going to say, but I think most of you may have thought some way close to technology, something to do with technology. You may have thought of different things, yes, but you may have been very close to technology. And the reason why I think of technology is because technology is quite familiar. Familiar to all of us. We, we understand it. It's, it surrounds us. It's uh, something that we are constantly using uh, every day. It consumes us. For some people, it's every second of their lives they are on technology. Right now, you are listening to me through technology. Um, some people, every second of their lives, they are on technology and they cannot get off it. We may not understand the nitty-gritties of how it works, but we understand that it works for us. And so... There was a time where technology was not as, as uh, was it accessible or pre uh, prevalent as it is right now. There was that time, and I happened to grow maybe in the time when when we when when the world was changing from not having too much technology to what we have currently. There was something that is called MS DOS. MS DOS was a Microsoft. Uh, a disk operating system and it was a cutting edge and uh, latest uh, technology which was an operating system for a desktop 
And if you used it and uh, switched on your MS-DOS, it would switch on and the, it would be a black blinking, uh, 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 blinking blank screen, just as follows. This is what you will see on MS-DOS. And if you did not know the codes, the commands that you had to type in, it would just be like that and it would just be blinking, waiting for you to enter a command. That command was called a DIR command. And the thing about MS-DOS is that it was not like the, 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 the fancy GUIs, which is an acronym for graphic user interface with its icons, with its buttons and tabs, where you, at a click of a button, it opens up whatever you want. At a click of an app, it opens up whatever you want. You had to type in a command. You had to remember all those commands. If you do not remember the commands, you would be left with just that blinking screen. That's all you would be left with. MS-DOS was like the old covenant with all its commands. When you typed in the wrong command, you would be entitled to, or you would be a, a candidate for the curse. If you did nine out of the 10 commandments, and by the way, there are more than 10 commandments. There are 613 commandments. If you did nine out of the 10 commandments, that's 90%. In this world that we live in, 90% of, of doing anything is called an A. In the higher tertiary, it's called a distinction. But before God, it's called a U-boat. It's a U. You failed. You are a loser. Even if you got 99.9999999 and we continue on the nines until whenever, you will still have failed you will be entitled to a curse. It would be the equivalent of typing an MS-DOS, forgetting the backslash, and then thinking something would happen. Actually, you would be entitled to a backslap from the heaven. MS-DOS, ladies and gentlemen, was frightening. It was scary. It was something not easy to use. And so, Something had to change from where I experienced this to a point where it's what we experience currently. A user interface which was user-friendly had to be introduced. An interface which was not like Mount Sinai. Because if Moses had sat behind an MS-DOS computer, he would have said, I tremble with fear, just as he said in Mount Sinai, as he came down with those tablets with their MS-DOS commands. You've got to respect this guy called Moses. You would put some of these iPhone and, and uh, Samsung users to, to you would uh, give them a challenge. Those uh, customers that uh, normally wake up early in the morning, wait hours, days to get the latest iPhone whatever, Samsung whatever, Moses waited 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai to get the latest tablet. He did not only get one tablet, he got two tablets. But as he was going home to show the people the, the tablet with all its features, he realized, oops, it's MS-DOS, and he smashed it, indicating there was something better to come. 
So to go from the new to the, from the old to the new, from MS DOS to Windows 11 to to iOS uh, 15, something had to change. And in technology, three things normally change. The three things that change are software, hard uh, software, firmware, and hardware. Those are the things that normally change. Software is everything that's not physical in your in your components, your device. I mean, your devices and gadgets. Uh, that's not physical. It's not the hardware. Firmware is every is everywhere in between software and hardware. Hardware is everything that's physical about your device. Before you turn to your neighbor and say. Uh, I thought this, I came to church to listen to the word and not to an ICT lecture. I'll say, hold on, it's going to make some sense just now. Let's take a journey through the Bible from an old creation to the new creation. In the beginning, in Genesis, we are taught and we learn from Genesis that God created the whole world. And in creating the world, he created it in six days and he rested on the seventh day. And so God created the whole world and then on the seventh day, the Bible says uh, he rested and then he took the dust of the earth and then he breathed into it and then it became a living soul, a living being. So God took the dust of the earth, the hard way. He breathed into the hard way, the body. He breathed his spirit into that body, the soft way. And it, as the software merged and it was embedded into the hardware, it became a living soul, which is the firmware. And, but something happened in that original design of God. There is something drastic that changed. For man disobeyed God. For the Bible says of man, he says that uh, God said to the man, the day you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. The man did eat of the tree. But how many of us know that on that day, man did not die? Man continued living. But that something that, was, uh, that, that actually changed the course of God's plan. Something drastic happened to change what God had initially planned. A virus entered into man called sin. And this sin... Would, would compromise everything that man would do. For everything that man would do from that software would be corrupted. And it would bring a crash. For all the wages of sin are death. It would bring a crash upon man. When the man through his firmware or his soul, his thoughts, intellects and feelings would try to do anything, he will get this message, a crash. When the man would try to uh, do anything from his hardware, his body, it would be an instrument of death. It will produce death. Romans 5 verse 12 says the following. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. I think. This is a point where I, do, I, I give you a side note, if you're taking notes. And because it's a side note, I need to come to the side. Now, the thing about this note is that it might seem very controversial, but it is the truth. 
You are not a sinner because you sin. You are a sinner because you are born a sinner. We'll get back to that side note. Back to the preach. So God, in his wisdom, comes up with a plan. He says, I'm going to introduce a software patch. Now, a software patch is a modification of a software or a program uh, which enhances its security, improve, uh, its uh, performance, and, uh, its, uh, and other features. So that's what a software patch is. It's there to improve uh, or enhance the security performance uh, of, of a software or a program. So God introduces a software patch called the law. He introduces the law. For in Galatians 3 verse 19, the word of God says the following. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. So God adds in a law, and that word add is a legal term. Uh, if, you have a, if you ever do a contract, it is a contract which is finished, but sometimes you come to situations where you have to add in something into a contract. It's called an addendum. So God adds in a law which was never the original plan of God between God and Abraham. And so God adds in a law to deal with the situation of sin. Now I want us to look at the word uh, transgressions there. That word transgressions is a plural verb. Unlike what G uh, John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus Christ. He said, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, which is a singular noun. There is a difference between a noun and a verb. And you are learning from somebody who did, not, who did not do very well in English, but caught something in English. A noun is refers to a place, a thing, or people. So sin is a thing. But in this instance, it's a verb. A verb refers to actions. So the law was brought in to deal with actions. Never to deal with the core root of sin, just the actions of sin. So the law, the purpose of the law was to point that you are a sinner in need of a savior. The law could never save you, no matter what. It was there to point to the Israelites that you are a sinner and you do need a savior. The law was a guardian. It was a tutor. For the Bible says that from the law is the knowledge of sin. Without the law, no one knew that there were sinners. God introduced the law so that you would know that you are a sinner. And so, before you cast stones on, on the law, there was never anything wrong with the law. Many may try and blame the law, but the law, the Bible says in Romans 12, uh, 7 verse 12, the law is holy. The commands are holy, righteous, and good. There is absolutely nothing wrong with the law. But there was something wrong with the covenant that God cut or draft, drafted between two parties. It was not with the law. 
And the problem with, the, with that covenant is that one party was always changing its mind. Whereas the other party never changed his mind. That was the problem with that covenant. The parties, not the law itself. For the Bible says in Romans 8 verse 3, it says, For God has done what the law could not do, which was weakened by the flesh. The law was weakened by the flesh. In Hebrews 8 verse 7, it says the following, For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second, for he finds fault with them, not with the covenant, but with the Israelites, with them. He finds fault with them. So God decides, okay, there is a point in time when the solution is going to come. At the moment, I've been dealing with actions, but now I have to go to the core root of what sin is, and I have to bring about the new creation. And so, he, the next slide, he decides he's going to introduce the new creation. And in introducing the new creation, just as I had said that uh, in the old creation, all those who will be after Adam are sinners. And all those, uh, they, they'll be sinners because the, the, the software in Adam had been corrupted and compromised. Therefore, all those after Adam would be sinners. 1 Corinthians 15 uh, verse 22 says, For as in Adam all die, but so, so too in Christ all shall be made alive. So in heaven right now, in the books of heaven, they will be two families, which I'm going to go quickly into. No, in, the, in, the, in the structure, if you look at the Bible, sorry, not in heaven. If you look at the Bible, there are two families that we see. And so God decides, I need to do something drastically different from what I had orig originally done. In the first Adam, the software was corrupted. So God says, I need to create another Adam. I, I have, that word, it may not sound right, but... It, 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 it's, I, I need to, there needs to be another Adam that comes into play. This Adam, his software would not be compromised. He will be a different Adam. That's why the word of God says when the angel came to, Jesus, to Mary, it says the power, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And the power of God is going to overshadow you. And the child that shall be born of you will be holy and you will be the son of God. So just as what God did in Genesis where he created man, he creates another last Adam here. Just as in Genesis, when the Bible in Genesis 2, the word of God says that they had not, the, the land had not been uh, watered. So God create, uh, caused a mist to come upon a virgin land. So too here he comes and says the Holy Spirit will come upon a virgin and a new creation is going to be introduced and his name will be Jesus Christ. And so that's what God does. He creates another Adam. So in the book, in the, in the Bible, there are two families. There is the Adam's family 
like the movie, and then there is Christ's family. Just like in the Adam's family, all are dead. So too, here in Christ's family, all are alive. So, just as I said, back to the side note. You are not a sinner because you sin. You are a sinner by birth. The other side of it now. You are not righteous because you do righteous acts. You are righteous because of birth. So, what happens, in the, what we see in the word of God is that a Nicodemus comes to Jesus Christ and says, how can I come into heaven? How can I be part of this family? And Jesus says, you need to be born again. Because your first birth made you a sinner, the second birth is going to make you righteous and make you stand right before God. And so that is what God does. In Titus 3, verse 5, it says, we have been saved. Titus 3, verse 5. It says, we, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So God did not save us by the works of righteousness. Right now, you may be uh, a 90-year-old, 100-year-old uh, uh, person, individual in this, in, in this life that we live. You have never sworn in your life. You have never killed a fly or a mosquito in your life, but you're still going to, he to hell because you are not part of Christ's family. You are Adam's family. You can only go come into the new creation through Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no way you can see the Father except through me. There is no other way but except being in the new creation that you can see the Father. When the service ends today, the Marongezas are going to go to the Marongezas. The Fergusons are going to go to the Fergusons. The Randalls will go to the Randalls. The Moyos will go to the Moyos. Even if you tried to come to the Randalls and acted like a Randall they, and jumped into a car where the Randalls are, going to the Randalls, they will ask you, where are you going? Because you are not a Randall by birth. They don't know you. Even if you acted and you were so similar, you were such a good actor, they would still ask you, where are you going? Ezekiel 36 verse 26. God promised us long back. He says, I will give you a new heart, a new spirit. I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. In the new creation, not like the old creation, where everything was based on, if you do this, I will do that. In this new creation, God says, I 
will. I solely am involved in this. Ladies and gentlemen, and to burst your bubble, I, I'm sorry to say this. In the new creation, in the new covenant, you are not involved in that. It was cut between two unchangeable entities or, 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 or two unchangeable entities or parties that cannot change in any way. It was cut between God and Jesus Christ. You are only involved by being born again into Christ. You have nothing, absolutely nothing in this covenant. You cannot spoil this covenant in any way. You cannot spoil this creation in any way. All you have to do and all you can do is be in, 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 uh, to be a part of this new covenant and creation is to be in Christ. And once you are in Christ, you are reborn, you are reformed, and you are reconstituted into Christ. You become a new creation. No wonder the word of God says in 1 John 4, 4 verse 17, as he is, so are we in this world. This morning as you are dressing up, you will have realized you've got no Arabic features or Jewish features on you. You may have realized that you have no holes on your, way, on your wrist. You may have realized that you've got no holes on your feet. You may have realized that there is no uh, hole at the side of, your, or, 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 or side of you where the spear went through. You may have realized that. If you didn't, then I think you need to go to 23rd. Where is 23rd? There is a place there that's for people like that. And so you may have realized that. And in realizing that, you should realize that you are not physically the same as Jesus Christ. But spiritually, you are exactly like Christ at this moment if you are born again. At this very moment, you are exactly like Christ. There is no difference in spirit. There you are exactly like Christ. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That word new in the Greek is, comes, is the word kainos, which, mean, which is K-A-I-N-O-S, which means new in every respect. And the word creation in there is the same word which is taken in places in the Bible which talks about the creation of the, whole, of the world. So when, just as God in the beginning created the world, God, when you are in Christ, he has recreated you. There is nothing of old in you. God does not take the old and he makes it new. He does not give it a spit and polish job. He puts within you something totally new. If you are born again, you are brand new. You are fresh. You are an unprecedented uh, species that exists, that has never existed in this entire creation. That is what you are. You are a creation that never existed, but is perfect before God. God does not take the old and makes it new. He takes away the old and he brings in the new. He puts the new inside of you. The past is the past. And you have a new beginning.
You are a brand new creation before God. In order for us to understand verse 17, we need to go back to verse 16. Because when you see the word therefore, you need to ask yourself what it's there for. Amen. You need to ask yourself what it is there for. So in verse 16, it says the following. From now onwards, therefore, there's the word therefore again, so you would have to go back to verse 15. From now onwards, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded uh, Christ according to the flesh, we regard him, him thus no longer. So what the new creation is all about, you are not defined by the flesh. You are not defined by your sinful nature. You are not defined by your, your works or your accomplishments. You are defined by what God has done in Christ for you on the cross, what God did for you. And when God raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand, you are defined by that. You are not defined by the flesh anymore. You are defined by the new creation. In Galatians 6 verse uh, uh, 15, it says the following, circumcision and uncircumcision counts for nothing but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, that word rule means it's a standard. There is no other standard above this. All other standards are below that. But as for those who walk by this rule, peace, mercy be upon them. So peace and mercy is upon only the new creation. The old creation is not in peace. The old creation is constantly being condemned because they are not in Christ. But the new creation has peace and mercy. Therefore, as a new creation, you are righteous and you have right standing before God. You can go into the throne room of God with boldness and confidence. And without trembling and fear. That's why the word of God says in Hebrews 12 verse 22 to 23. It says we have come to Mount Zion. To the city of the living God. To the new Jerusalem. The spirits of the righteous made perfect. Your spirit has been made perfect if you're born again. And if your spirit has been made perfect. You should not be and you should never be a person who sings Psalms 51 verse 10 to 11, which says, Create in me, O Lord, a new heart. Renew within me a right spirit. Cast me not from your presence and do not take away your spirit. You are not part of that old uh, creation because God has created within you a new spirit and God cannot take his presence away from you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And God cannot take his spirit from you because he says, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. So what of the soul and the body? What happened to the soul and the body? The soul or the firm way and the hard way. The soul is in a process of being saved. As long as you are here on earth, your soul is in the process of being saved. In James 1 verse 21, it says, Receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. 
So the soul is in a process of constantly being saved. And uh, in Philippians it says, work out your salvation. And that word work out, it does not mean that Christ did not finish the work on the cross. He said it is finished. Full stop. So when it says work out, it means work out what has been worked in. Work out what has been worked in. Inside of you is righteousness. Therefore, from, a, from, from, from your, a righteous spirit, we expect righteous deeds. Doesn't mean that you are defined by your righteous deeds, but we expect righteous uh, deeds. From an orange tree, we expect oranges. So from a righteous spirit, we expect righteous deeds. Good works, that's what we expect. And you're constantly being in a process of salvation. How about the hard way, the body? The word of God says, when Christ comes to take his bride, the church, at the twinkling of an eye, you shall be changed. Your body shall be changed. As I prepared, I came across this thing. The next slide. Whenever a new software is, being, uh, is about to be uh, uploaded in your system, this on Windows, this is what we see. Fresh start. This will remove all the apps and programs except those that come standard with Windows. In the new creation, God removes all the apps and the programs except those that came with who he designed you to be. Any store apps installed by your manufacturer will also be kept. Just because you are born again and you are now in a new creation, you don't automatically become a pilot or a neurosurgeon. You remain the same. You got used in school. You still, unfortunately. Your device will also be updated to the latest version of Windows. Your hardware will be updated to the latest version of the new creation when Jesus Christ comes. Because you cannot put new wine in old wineskin. It will burst. Your personal files and some window settings will be kept. The joys, the highs, the lows of the life you have experienced will be kept in your memory. Because God can use those as a point of ministry. God can use those to help another individual. This process could take 20 minutes or longer depending on your device. Some people get born again at the age of eight, others get born again when they're about to die. It can take whatever uh, length of process, but God is constantly working. And the new creation is not defined by when, at what age you get born again. It's defined at what moment you decide Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior.